Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with Byteclear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Byteclear aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at That's Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The Incomparable, number 675, July 2023. Welcome back, everybody, to The Incomparable. I'm your host, Jason Snell. And you know, this summer has been our Indiana summer, where we have looked back on the Indiana Jones movies that we had not previously covered. And it was all leading to this, I suppose. This year's, 2023's Indiana Jones movie? It's true. Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, directed by James Mangold, stepping in for Steven Spielberg. So this is not an adjunct to the summer of Spielberg, I suppose. It's its own thing. Uh, Indiana Jones 5, you thought that the Crystal Skull was a late sequel, but guess what? There's a later sequel. Um, We saw this, and we're going to talk about it. And if you don't want to be spoiled about some of the things that happen, and there's some wild things that happen in this movie, then you should not listen any further. Unless, uh, you know, you just enjoy being spoiled, in which case, continue. I am joined by these wonderful people to talk about... Uh, young and younger and then older Indiana Jones and that destiny dial. John McCoy is here. Hi, John. Hi, Eureka. I'm, I'm not actually quoting the uh, movie. I'm saying hi to my hometown of Eureka, Illinois. Go Hornets. <laughs> <laughs> fantastic. Fantastic. Uh, shout out to Eureka, California. I'm not from there, though. Deb Standish is also here. Hello. Hey, listen, like, can we find out what that filter they use to make Indiana Jones look younger? Because like, I just need that around me all the time now. Like all the time. It's um, filter is not probably the word for it. But yeah, I mean, just like (laughs) we live live in a TikTok world. Like a Lucille Ball kind of thing where they put a burlap sack in front of the camera and she looks all fuzzy. Yes. Yes. Lots of lots of Vaseline on the camera. Yeah, exactly. Like every Star Trek episode. Um, Annette Weirstra is also here. Hi, Annette. Hey, I'm just here to steal Helena's outfits. Thanks. All right. Very nice. Mm-hmm. And uh, Stephen Schapansky is here. Hi, Stephen. Hi. Uh, I'll, get, I'll be the first to say it. it's not the years, it's the mileage. Mm-hmm. There we go. Thank There's you. no context to it, but I just wanted to say it first. Maybe it, maybe it is the years <laughs> yeah. and the mileage. And uh, and uh, joining Stephen from their uh, podcast studio, uh, just popping in as uh, our, our last contestant no panelist is erica ensign hi erica hi annette kind of stole my line because i you know dev wants the quote-unquote filter uh that uh that harrison forehead i want the upcycled fabrics by stella mccartney that's what i'm here for Mm. Mm. tough call so indiana jones we talked about it this summer you know i i have watched all of these movies this summer I uh, came to the opinion that Crystal Skull is sort of unjustly maligned, and although it's not great, it's not here, terrible here. either. Uh, and that I and I still really don't like Temple of Doom. <laughs> um, but what I feel like the lesson that I learned more than anything else is Indiana Jones uh, from this vantage point in 2023. Uh, you you need to look at it for what it is, which is a silly fun adventure movie series that's modeled after adventure serials. 
And that's what Lucas and Spielberg always meant it to kind of be and not treat it as sacred ground. I do think Raiders of the Lost Ark is a legitimately great movie, but like the series, it's just meant to be fun adventure. And I, that's, that is what, why I understood my initial reaction to the crystal skull and was able to sort of get over it, uh, seeing it again many years later. And so going into dial of destiny, I felt I had that same thought, which is, you know what? I like Indiana Jones. Those movies are fun. Let's see what it is. And I didn't try to make it like, oh boy, I hope they stick the landing. All Everything since 1981 has been leading up to this and instead <laughs> sort of made it what will be the MacGuffin this time and what will be the set pieces this time and where, where, where do we find Indiana Jones? And as a result, I came out of it feeling that it was a fun movie and like which was a strange thing it's like can you render your verdict on this series that's meant so much to you over the years and i was like you know what i'm not gonna play that game i'm just gonna say i thought it was a fun movie not a perfect movie but a fun movie but like it's it's weird right like this is this series that has gone on for a long time and now we've got an old an old man having adventures um it's a it, also a young know, man and, it, yes, young and, and well and a young man who sort of moves like an old man but is a young man <laughs> um Truth. it's just a it's just a peculiar thing uh to be here i don't know if anybody has any thoughts about just like having come to this which is a fifth indiana jones movie in 2023 yeah it feels like the the most 2023 Indiana Jones there could possibly be um it's you know I feel like in 2023 after the last three years like everything is a little different than it was a few years back um and you know not necessarily in a bad way but just a little bit a little bit off like this is this is an Indiana Jones movie but it's not directed by Steven Spielberg although it really felt like it was uh it it's a an Indiana Jones film but Harrison Ford's older oh wait but then Harrison Ford's younger <laughs> sort of and uh, and oh, we have a new character. Oh, it's a woman. Whoa, she gets real lines. Oh my god, she gets funny lines. It's just like there were a lot of things that were very Indiana Jonesy, but a little bit different, a little bit canted from sort of what I was uh, not necessarily expecting, but what happened in the the previous movies. Um, I just I agree with you, Jason. I try. I mean, I as I said on our episode about Crystal Skull. I purposely did not rewatch the other movies. I wanted to just go into that as as cold as possible, and I kind of did the same thing here. I was like, I'm I'm not gonna I'm not gonna do my homework before I go see this movie. I am going to live with the delightful memories that I have of, of those other movies, not counting Temple of Doom, um, and go into this movie and see if I enjoy it. And I did. It was a fun time at the movie theater. Um, you know, some of the chase scenes were a little too long, and that's what I felt about the other movies too. So, <laughs> yep. <laughs> so yeah, it's all of a piece to me. I think it was a good time. See, I did the exact opposite. I did do my homework. So like the day before we went to see this, we watched all four movies. Like I was sick as a dog. So like it was a good thing to do as I was recovering. And my son and I watched all four movies. And I thought I'd never seen Crystal Skull. Like this is in my mind. I'd never seen Crystal Skull. But as I was watching Crystal Skull, I'm like, wait a second. I remember this part. And then I remembered that we had watched it until Indiana climbed into the lead-lined refrigerator and went flying through the air 
And at that point, because I had not done my homework previously, I said, this is ridiculous. I cannot watch this. This is this is just too ridiculous. But after Aww. watching all of those movies in a row, like it is just ridiculous fun, <laughs> period. <laughs> like that is not out there. That is right there. That's right in there. So going into, I actually found Dial of Destiny to have a little bit more gravitas than those previous movies, which I was not expecting. I was expecting to go in to have more dumb fun, which there was. I mean, there's some really ridiculous bits in this movie, but there there was a little bit more weightiness than I was expecting. But as far as like, you know, a fun summer popcorn movie, like absolutely, like went in, no expectations, just was there for the ride. And, and I really liked it. Agree with you, Erica, but I agree about that with every chase scene. So uh, yeah, <laughs> here, here. it was good time. Good time. I feel like... Uh, um kingdom of the crystal skull probably prepared me for this more than anything because i we watched it for the incomparable and i was expecting to uh hate it as because we've just sort of like we've we've kind of berenstein bears mandela affected this this <laughs> movie into our heads where oh, obviously that's the worst one we don't even acknowledge its existence and then like an hour into the movie i turned to erica says this movie is fun what was wrong with us for 15 years <laughs> and so because i enjoyed that one so much i felt like well you know what Dial of Destiny can do no wrong. I'm going to go in, and if anything <laughs> seems outlandish, I'm just going to remember that in the very first uh, Indiana Jones movie, uh, a bunch of magical ghosts come out of an ark mm -hmm. and melt Nazis. Like crayons. Uh, like crayons. <laughs> and so if that movie can do that, and we hold that with such reverence, this movie, I don't know what's going to come at me. It can do anything, and I'm here for it. And so when the things happen at the end of the film, I go, yep, I'm on board. <laughs> It might be the most outlandish we get in the Indiana Jones series, but I can see it. I mean, yeah. transdimensional aliens fly off in their flying saucer in a previous right. episode, so yeah. maybe not. What yeah. the heck, man? Just go with it. John, what did you think? I had two two thoughts. One was I, I was more aware watching this movie than I ever am with uh, any other Indiana Jones movies about all the stuff that ha came together to make this movie. I mean, COVID uh Shia LaBeouf being uh discontinued uh, you know all, you can you can see, you can see there's like this 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 shows the uh around the edges the uh process of it being made but on the other hand I also agree I think that the the Indiana Jones movies are at heart very silly and this was a very silly movie and I enjoyed that one thing that I thought of though because uh, this film is set in 1969, and so it's kind of towards the end of Mad Men. I, I was thinking that uh, the first movies were set in the 1930s, and they took their cue from uh, serials from the 30s. I was wondering, why couldn't they have like done like something like Robert Altman for this film, you know? They could have like like set this this in, in like squarely in the in the in the sixties. But uh, I'm probably the only person who thinks that. It's funny. They actually, if you if you do the math and and timed it out, this movie probably should have been set in the 70s, and they seemed to decide they wanted it still to hang on in the 60s because they preferred that kind of vibe that to being like <laughs> Indiana Jones and the disco ball of destiny, right? <laughs> they didn't really want that, so they went with this. But I thought about no, the same I thing. I want that, Jason. No, Gosh well, darn okay. it. Well, then movie I six. Do. Movie six, you can direct it. I'll write the screenplay. Yeah. You direct oh, it. Move over, James Mangold. Um, yeah, so they made a decision, but I, I had that thought too, which is 
um, they, they always said that the the alien element in Crystal Skull was sort of like a, a tip of the hat to the 50s because they were in the 50s then. Um, but now we're in the late 60s and it's not, you know, it's not uh, Robert Altman. It's not uh, Blow Up, nor is it Star Trek or, uh, I don't know, something else from that era. Um, but yeah, they sort of left. They wanted They wanted to do what people think of for indiana jones which is silly fun indiana jones is not like the alien series you know it's not like you're getting a different genre every time you're getting the same genre every time and it does Mm -hmm. what it says on the tin exactly annette do you have any initial thoughts about how we ended up here yes i ended up here because i keep watching movies with you jason okay thank you so it's about it (laughs) and um making you mad sometimes and being really excited that everyone kind of came around on crystal skull because i always kind of liked it and was just well it's not that like it's fine it's all just like all of the rest of the movies so um i just was prepared to love this because i just love all the indiana Jones movies and i'm gonna take it whatever i can get and there was something really magical about sitting in the seat in the theater again and watching a new movie and i i was just so happy and it's because you were sitting next to me right Uh it's true it was and the whole time i kept going to erica i was like look at that outfit look at that outfit yeah it was a good thing we were sitting next to each other and not separated by one of our spouses (laughs) and wasn't it nice watching like a popcorn summer movie that wasn't a marvel movie yes (laughs) it's different yeah it was a great experience so Speaking uh, speaking of Marvel, although not not quite the same Marvel, but James Mangold, one of his movies is Logan, which is a movie that I liked a lot and is a very kind of dark take on the end of life of various superheroes. Um, and I thought it was really good. And when we we somebody mentioned earlier that there is a little bit of a, a of a darker undertone to some of this, I feel like like compared to Logan, it certainly is not. And yet I do think that James Mangold is trying to trying to put some weight on this, trying to put some weight on Indiana Jones age and the fact that he feels isolated and he's, you know, he's retiring from the university and he's not really appreciated anymore. And he's sort of at loose ends and what what has become of my life. And that that is the part that reminded me a little bit like he's taking a little bit of the seasoning from something like Logan and putting it in here while not forgetting that it's an Indiana Jones movie and it should feel like one. And in fact, it does feel like one. But uh, what what I wanted to start with in our conversation is the first half hour of the movie, which is literally like from another Indiana Jones movie. And this is the set in the 40s. It's during World War II. Nazis are after a thing. There's a train. There's, there's action and adventure. And... Um, and India and Toby Jones is in it. It's just Toby Jones. There he is. Uh, yep. And Indiana Jones looks as he looked in those early Indiana Jones movies using the magic of de-aging technology. And I liked, I loved this section for two reasons. One is because I never expected to see, I'm actually getting a little emotional saying this, never actually expected to see an Indiana Jones movie from the 80s again, right? The 80s are over. And yet it was like half an hour of Indiana Jones two and a half, three and a half, something like that. And then two, I'm I'm happy everybody can have their own opinions out there in the world about VFX. And there are a lot of people who are very uh, skeptical of de-aging stuff. I thought this was the best de-aging technology I've ever seen. And I thought they were actually sort of like doing doing donuts 
at, at, at times where they're like, yeah, we can have like a bright light that's on part of his face and not the other part and it moves. And uh, they're like, we can do that. We can do anything now. But uh, so I was very impressed with the technology. But more than that, I just I loved that the movie starts with a, a solid, you know, 20, 30 minutes saying, here's what you all here's why you're here. Is this kind mm-hmm. of movie, right? This is the Indiana Jones you know. This is the one that you've always loved. We're going to give you that before we do the smash cut to a, a, a 75-year-old shirtless <laughs> Indiana Jones living in a, you know, live, pouring whiskey into his coffee cup in New York City. We, I just, I loved that they, they went for it with this first uh, segment. And, and yes, it sets up the plot. Even if it didn't set up the plot, I wouldn't care. But it does set up the plot <laughs> because we get Metz Mickelson and he's a Nazi who's obsessed with a thing and you know how that's gonna go right because it's indiana jones it's always a thing it's funny because we watched i watched this all with my son who was visiting us for the month and during crystal skull he's like man i really wish that we like had a movie or books or something that had all of indiana jones's adventures during world war ii because they talk about his service record um in crystal skull and like there it was it was like a gift like right there on the screen he's working for the oss or whatever uh uh, in in during the war right because otherwise we said we saw him before the war um with the rise of the Nazis in uh, Last Crusade and in Raiders of the Lost Ark. But mm-hmm. he, and then it's cited that he worked for the government during the war, but we never see it. And so here we, here we are. We get to see it. And he's just also, by the way, is he doing government stuff? No, he's doing Indiana Jones stuff. That's what he does. Like if you're the government, <laughs> you're not like happens to kind of help the government. Right. Well, the government, obviously very smart, is just saying, well, we didn't hire you to do that. We hired you to do the thing you do just for us. OK. And he's like, sure, whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, I keep forgetting that this part of the movie even happened. <laughs> like, really? Yeah. When somebody says, oh, how did you like the movie? I am thinking of old indie and, you know, mm. his, and just all of his sadness and adventures and grumpiness. And I like the only reason that I'm even remembering this part is because you keep bringing it up. I had already <laughs> forgotten when you said, Jason, like the first like, you know, half hour of the movie, I was like, uh, I genuinely thought that that was the part where he was yelling at his his loud rock and roll neighbors and <laughs> <laughs> running around. It's like, oh, right, that other thing happened. Which, and I'm not saying that that means it shouldn't be there. I'm just saying that that, that means it didn't really stick out for me. I am I am glad that it exists for all of those reasons that you said, Jason. But I think it just didn't make nearly as much of an impact on me because I was more excited about the difference. I think your brain just absorbs it and files it into the catalog of Indiana Jones so. history, which is sort of what they're trying to do there by the way i love the beatles but they were playing that music way too loud Uh, (laughs) that's my old man comment of the day i'm glad actually uh, about the beatles i'm glad that they actually played a song from 1968 Mm. in 1969 because so many movies will will default to playing a song that's just that like that week is out (laughs) and no one listens to brand new music especially back in the 60s so i appreciated that they uh played magical mystery tour and not something from i don't know hey jude or or something from from later yeah um uh i thought that was attention to detail or maybe that's just the rights to the song they could get from the (laughs) beatles i don't know (laughs) 
<laughs> Let's the, go with attention to detail. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the other thing about that early segment is that the early segment is setting up, like we get Toby Jones. Toby Jones, I love to see him, although I did have that moment and Lauren, uh, who watched it with me, we, we were walking out and she was like, you know, I had that moment where I saw Toby Jones in World War II with the Nazis and I thought, oh no, he's bad. And 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 she had to have that moment of like, no, that's Captain America. This is a different movie. Right. <laughs> um, he's good in this one. Uh, he's not doing a, a, a German accent in this one. He's doing his British accent. But um, he's necessary because he is also the father of uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge, who we, who we see later. And so that is a connection. And then there is Metz Mickelson, who is obsessed with the Antikythera mechanism, which is the, the, the driving force and the MacGuffin of the plot. So it is relevant in that way. But like I, I enjoy that we get shenanigans in a castle, shenanigans on a train. Uh, like All of that is uh, just very Indiana Jones. And, and, and um, uh, yeah, I, th- I thought it was very well done. Let's take a break from the podcast just for a minute. Let me tell you about our sponsor. This episode of The Incomparable is being brought to you by Factor. Now we're in the thick of summer. You may be looking for wholesome, convenient meals to support sunny, active days. Factor is America's number one ready-to-eat meal kit, and it can help you fuel up fast with flavorful and nutritious ready-to-eat meals delivered straight to your door. You'll save time, eat well, and stay on track at reaching your goals. I have tried these Factor meals, and let me tell you, I was really impressed by the quality of the meals, especially not just all the ingredients, but like the meat. I had chicken dinner uh, dinners that were like, I don't know. I've gotten some bad uh, box meats before. <laughs> Let's just put it that way. And these were so good, tender white meat, uh, chicken breast, uh, very high quality ingredients. Couldn't uh, really saying n- enough nice things about them. And I'll tell you, working at home by myself, lunches are hard. And also my wife works late on uh, one night a week and it's like dinner for one. What's that going to be? So convenient in a couple of minutes to get a full dinner from Factor and tasty too. Skip that extra trip to the grocery store. These are fresh, never frozen meals and they are ready in just two minutes. More than 34 different weekly restaurant quality options like bruschetta shrimp risotto, green goddess chicken, or grilled steakhouse filet mignon. That's right. Keep your energy up with lunch to go as well. Factor's effortless wholesome meals like green bowls and salad toppers. No microwave required at all. Factor offers options to fit a variety of lifestyles, including keto, calorie smart, vegan, and veggie, and protein plus. Then select for more than 45 different add-ons, including breakfast items like apple cinnamon pancakes, bacon and cheddar egg bites, and smoothies. And you can rest assured you're making a sustainable choice because Factor offsets 100% of the delivery emissions to your door, along with sourcing renewable energy and featuring sustainably sourced seafood. Go to factormeals.com slash Snell50 and use the code Snell50 to get 50% off your first box. That's code Snell50, my last name, and 50, five, zero, at factormeals.com slash Snell50, S-N-E-L-L-5-0, to get 50% off your first box. Thank you to Factor for supporting the incomparable. I had two things I wanted to say about the de-aging. One was I was right on board for Harrison Ford's de-aging, but Mads Mikkelsen yeah. uh, looks shiny and taut, like <laughs> he's wearing a Mads Mikkelsen mask or something <laughs> like that. Uh, I don't know why he didn't get the the same uh, high-end treatment that Harrison Ford did. 
Um, Maybe he did. Maybe his face is just like impossible to <laughs> you know, I think they thought they could get away with like, Matt, play young. We'll put some makeup on you and, you know, just be pretend to be young. Because I had a moment, John, where I thought, surely this plot involves Mad- Mads Mikkelsen ha- getting a some sort of device that prevents him from aging. Because right? <laughs> it can't be. And it's like, no, we're just going to make him sort of so- shiny at the beginning and, and not at the end. I'm like, OK, all right. I, the other thing I would say is it probably should swing around to this when we're getting to the end of this discussion and sort of talking about themes of the movies. I, 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 f- I think there's something a little odd about starting this particular movie with something that is so self-consciously a throwback. Um, and I'll explain myself later because I don't want to get too deep into themes right now. But uh, I, I, at the time... I was enjoying it, but I was also thinking, huh. I think um, I will consider that you setting a ticking clock prominently in a location where we can all hear it ticking. Because I had that moment uh, where I was like, I see what you're doing, James Mangold. It's not that subtle, but it's fine. It's Indiana Jones. It's fine. I get it. I get it. The passage of time. I, I, I see what you're doing. I think a way you could have started it without that entire sequence to perhaps have a mound of dirty dishes shaped like the Paramount logo or something. <laughs> oh man. And the, the Paramount logo gets all to that. And then it's just, it starts with the Indiana Jones asleep in his chair. And that's the beginning of your movie. And he cut off 20 minutes off the top. Surely the way that it should have opened. And I, I actually, I'm not, I don't, I'm not sure if it does actually open this way, but what it should be is you start on a mountain and then you pan down to a castle, right? Yeah. Because you're going from Paramount to Disney. So mm-hmm. that's how you should. That's how you. All yeah, right, but we never did. Lucasfilm got in the way. That yeah. I tell you that that was actually one of the more jarring things that we never got the Paramount logo dissolve into it. That I right. could tell that we were kind of in new territory now. Uh, you know, it t- it took me what three films to get over Star Wars not having the 20th Century Fox yeah. uh, <laughs> fanfare at the top. So I guess I'll just have it's to weird. live with this intellectual too. property. It happens. Um, mm-hmm. So in the in the sixties, yeah, Indiana Jones. By the way, I love the fact, and this is something throughout these movies. The ultimate indignity is when somebody calls him Mr. Jones. I love it when his neighbors are like, "Oh, Mr. Jones, what's wrong?" And they're like, they, they, "He's just the cranky old man who lives upstairs." Um, but we find I out. I feel that, that whenever yeah. I get somebody calling me ma'am, same thing. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I didn't. I didn't go to archaeological school for eight years to be called Mr. <laughs> Jones. Um, so he he is retiring. Uh, from a teaching job, we get a we get a a college teaching scene. It is so sad if you remember, especially that first scene in Raiders of the Lost Ark, where they are absolutely enraptured, and the one woman has "Love You" written on her eyelids, and then there's the guy who gives him the the uh, apple and all of that. And here, um, he's giving his presentation. Nobody seems to be paying attention to him. It's just very sad. This whole thing, like he's, he's lonely. He's got divorce papers from Marion. Um, and it's just, again, and I like that they chose to do this. And, 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 um, so full credit to James Mangold and the other writers of this, um, you know, it's way more interesting to come to our hero and find that they've had a terrible time and things are really messed up for them because it gives them some place to go. But I think that there is a fear that you are treading on sacred territory when you do something like this. I love that they did this because it is sad, but also it gives Indiana Jones a, a, a final story to tell and, and lets him go somewhere. And it all starts where, of course, crashing his class is... 
uh, Helena Shaw, who is uh, Toby Jones's daughter, and uh, she has wants to know more about this uh, dial of destiny that her father was obsessed with, and that that kicks us down the path of uh, there are there are there's a Nazi who is basically Werner von Braun. <laughs> is he wor- he's been hired, and this is I mean. It's not fair to Werner von Braun. That's why it's a different name. But the the fact is, the U.S. space program hired a lot of people who were on the German rocket program, and they were, you know, they were all. Did they like Hitler? I don't know. I mean, they went along with him because it was they had to, or because they wanted to. Who knows? But like that complexity does really exist in the space program. So to have uh, Mads Mikkelsen basically be that guy, um, and and only only lightly. Uh, hidden from being just still a Nazi uh, and his thugs who are, are, you know, learning how to speak German because they're going to, um, they have a plan <laughs> to, to, to bring back uh, the third Reich. Um, they're after the same thing that uh, Helena is after, which of course Indiana Jones has, of course he does. And that leads mm-hmm. us on our adventure where we get uh, ultimately a chase uh, 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 all the people in his college department are horribly murdered. And there is a moment uh-huh. where, where he wow. is he is uh, aghast at that, which is one of a few moments in here where ultraviolence of action movies is actually commented on, which is pretty rare. Uh, mm-hmm. But it leads to a you know he's in a it's it's very the fugitive where he's hiding out in a parade, <laughs> and then uh, he's running. He's got a horse that he's riding around and down into the subway and all that. And this is our first big action set piece of the movie. Is this this part in here, and that begins the tale of uh, of the Dial of Destiny. You know the horse running down those stairs. That was the one thing in the film I just couldn't swallow. I could, I, I could take all the other craziness, including the the end of the movie. But you know, I know too much about horses and the way their hooves work. And you, 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 that horse would have tripped forward, broken every bone in its body. That's fair. I, I I accepted it going down the stairs, but I did not accept it jumping slightly diagonally to miss a r- onrushing train. I thought, mm, <laughs> no, horses are not precision instruments that you can steer quite like that. I loved it. But it was I fun. That. Right. Oh, it was that fun. Was, I, mm-hmm. I thought it was. I thought it was such a good start to put him back on a horse because you know, obviously he is an an older man now, and you know, running around is not as as easy for him to do. As soon as they got him back up on that horse, I was just. I don't know. I felt like it was like yes. You're home, Indy, <laughs> even mm. though he's not really home home until later. Yeah, I, I like that. Um, just going back to how, like, you know, he's he's old and he's, you know, in a pretty bad state. Mm. Uh, that's both a credit to Harrison Ford, who I think wanted to put him there. Like, you know, I love how I think there's a, a uh, an anecdote on set where like a stunt man was doing a stunt and Harrison Ford pulled him aside and says, no, you look like you're 40 uh, <laughs> doing a stunt for me. I'm 80. I should look like I'm struggling to crawl off this horse or something like that. Like, you know, he he owns the age that he is. Right. Um, mm-hmm. What I like about the fact that, that that he's set in in the 60s is that, you know, obviously he, he existed in the real world in, in the previous four films. But I feel like we're so attuned to 60s nostalgia that this felt for the first time that Indiana Jones actually existed in our world. And he's just sitting in front of a TV, which, you know, a lot of us have done that. And, uh, you know, he's living in this very squalid apartment right now. And it just felt for the first time that Indiana Jones was a, was a real person existing in these and not just some sort of, uh, you know, fantasy hero for the first time. And I, I, I immediately connected with Indy right up, right off well, the bat. Because of that. And watching the moon landing, you know, and things about astronauts mm-hmm. on TV is sort of weird. Like I've never really thought about Indiana Jones right this late, 
right? Essentially in 1969. Mm -hmm. That's not how we think of him at all. You mm-hmm. know, you talk about his aging, and that's part of the gravitas that I had talked about that caught me by surprise, because as you said, in um, not in Temple of Doom, but in Raiders and in Last Crusade, and even in Crystal Skull, we get classroom scenes. Right. And he is, you know, he's very respected. The respect, you know, it, it goes from mad adoration to just respect as he as he gets older. Um but to have that scene is just heartbreaking, but it's so realistic to the invisibility of aging. Yeah. You know, people that have lived incredible lives and you just, it's just not taken into consideration. You just see what is in front of you, not the past history. But there's also a scene in the, uh, I guess they're in the stacks after all of his colleagues have been murdered oh, and he's murdered, grabbed yes. by the goons and he like hauls off to like punch this guy. Like this is classic indie and he just can't do it. Like yeah. he's always now he just cannot do that so i think seeing that physical manifestation of age and also just having watched the whole season of shrinking on apple tv where like grumpy harrison ford is like my favorite harrison ford ever um you know it just it felt so realistic and i have so much respect for both the actor and the filmmakers for not glossing over that for not making him like you said i mean having a stunt double act like he's 40. He is mm-hmm. not. He is an elderly man. And that is shown so often in the beginning. I think we lose that towards the end, but mm-hmm. it's it's in the beginning. It's set up very, very nicely. Yeah, the movie forgets about it, um, or at least tries to forget about it as much as it can, because it really does want to have exciting action set pieces. And right. so you can't hang on to that. Although I was very impressed. Like I, I, I mentioned this before the... Um, on this podcast, I think talking about about um, Indiana Jones, even that we had a moment when uh, Scott McNulty and I were doing the Vulcan Hello, and we were doing Picard season two, and they tried to do like a chase scene where a bunch of like <laughs> yeah. uh, machine gun toting mercenaries are trying to chase Jean Luc Picard through a, a haunted house, essentially, <laughs> and it's really like they're running and they've got guns and stuff, and then an old man slowly walks, <laughs> and it's like no, mm-mm, you can't, you yeah. can't do it that way and this this movie doesn't try to this movie lets Harrison Ford who I think is you know can do more than Patrick Stewart maybe but like also it wants you to know that he's old and that he he can't do what he used to do but only a little bit right and then it also <laughs> wants you to have a good time and and say sure why not have him go down to the bottom of the ocean or you know whatever he needs to do but um, but I, I appreciate the nods to the fact that he can't do it like he used to, even if mm-hmm. he can do more of it later than he can in those first scenes. He, he gets better at punching people. He's later. warming up yeah. at yeah. the beginning. Like he's just he loosening that, up the old muscles. Some of that adventure yeah. magic. Yeah. You know, Marion says at the end, like, are you back? Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, it he's tur- back, baby. Turns out I'm much younger when I'm punching Nazis. <laughs> 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 Isn't that true of all of us? It's true. It keeps you young. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. I want to go back to the divorce papers because yep. I didn't know what was going to happen with Marion. And so then my stomach sank, but also like, okay, 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 don't panic. She said a bad word out loud. 
<gasps> you did. Um, but like, because like the, one of the reasons why I really liked Crystal Skull is because it left us in like the happy ever after. Mm. And so it was like, you better not mess this up. And I, I care deeply about this relationship and I'm going to give you some latitude because I'm very excited to be here. But I was like, oh, you're on thin ice right yeah, from the beginning. Yes. So I'm not, I, you know, we can save my thoughts, more thoughts till later, but, um, you know, and then it dives into the action and stuff. And I did appreciate the moment when, you know, Mr. This belongs in a museum kicks over stacks and stacks and right. stacks oh, of yes. stuff. And you're just like, okay, dude. Yeah, it's but like, that's sort of emblematic of of the series, right? We care about the artifacts until yeah. we don't care about the artifacts. Yeah. He, he doesn't work there anymore. And also, apparently yeah. most of the department is dead. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so who's going to protect those anyways? Whatever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, he flees uh, to, uh, to Tangiers um, uh, with the help of Sala, who we get John Rhys-Davies in a cameo, basically saying, you know, you got all my family out of out of Egypt and now they're in New York and he's a cab driver. And, uh, it's just, uh, it's, this is one of those fan service crowd pleasing sort of like, Hey, mm -hmm. kind of moments. He's not, he's not in the movie for very long. He comes back at the end, but it's all very brief. Um, but this is, it's a little fan servicey, but then we're off to, uh, to, to Tangiers where there is a, uh, um, there's another chase. Uh, we discover, uh, this, this is the, this is what I would say. Well, I didn't hate this 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 scene, but it goes on forever. Where there's like on. a tuk tuk oh, and they're yeah. chasing around in the streets yep. and all of that, and it just is very very long. Also, this is where we meet uh, Helena has uh, has her own short round, basically Teddy, <laughs> uh, which is it's uh, if you think of it that way, it's kind of cute. But they're yeah. trying to get this thing because she said that you know she wants to sell it to the highest bidder um, because there's a whole. Uh, you know, there's the the guys who are buying the thing and, and Indiana Jones is going to take it and they end up chasing through the streets and there's uh, he has his whip and they all have guns and he has to run. And like it, there's some fun stuff in there, but the the Tuck Tuck stuff goes on a very long time. And I wanted to use this as an opportunity to also say one thing in a movie that I liked that I can't get my head around is Phoebe Waller-Bridge's character doesn't make a lick of sense. Cause she's a mercenary. I only care about this artifact. Uh, I was just fooling you. And then at some point she's not that anymore. And she's just in it for her father's destiny and to be, to do the right thing and help Indiana Jones out. And I mean, maybe I, I fell asleep briefly during that scene, but I, I don't believe that her character really makes any sense. And that she sort of, does whatever she needs to do to serve the plot. So she's a nemesis or an antagonist when she needs to be. And then when she doesn't need to be that anymore, she's not anymore. Either that or she's so overcome by the death of Antonio Banderas, which we haven't gotten to yet, that uh, she decides to go <laughs> right. But that's a lot of headcanon I'm applying to that. No, there's, she's she's still all about the money even after that, because when they, they're getting away and they're on the boat and they've uncovered the solid gold thing, mm -hmm. she's like, yeah, I know who I can sell this to. Well, that's true. Yeah. I think mm -hmm. I think maybe that we take it as implied that uh, that she turns at some point. Maybe after she talks to Indy on the boat at night, but we, we don't see maybe. it, right? <laughs> no, we don't. It's not earned though. Like it's, she doesn't have a, a moment on screen. It's like, hmm, maybe I should stop chasing the money and do it was right by my dad and go look for this thing. But we never see that. Maybe it's we? just when she discovers holy buttons, time travels real. <laughs> right. Um, that's that's the moment where she's like, okay, mm -hmm. I'm in. No, it was Antonia Banderas all the way. 
Mm-hmm. Except then why is she still all about the money after he's dead? <laughs> I, I, I'm not I explaining it. They don't explain it. Why should this I is, have this to? Is, yeah. <laughs> and, and, and that's really my point is like, I'm, I'm willing to go along with it. But after the movie was over, I thought, wait a second. <laughs> you, you know, Jason, <laughs> yeah. when you say that her her change of heart isn't motivated, I think part of the problem is why she is such a mercenary in the first place isn't really motivated either. Right. I think the, the I think there's this implication that somehow her father uh, ignored her or went crazy. And so she's turning her back on academics or something. But she seems to know her stuff, you know, when she shows up in Indy's classroom. No, she doesn't the, turn her back on academics. She's mad at it. So she gets right. really good at it so that she can use all of his skills to do the one thing that he would never, ever do. That's like textbook rebellion, like literally <laughs> textbook and then rebellion. Well, I, I think I think if, if she had been a character who was not the daughter of Jones's uh, friend and colleague, if she just shown up in in Tangiers as hi, I'm the person who's trying to sell this now, uh, I wouldn't be so concerned about her motivation because I would just take it as read like, well, she's got some life that I don't know about. But because we've we're conditioned to think of her as being this kid that Jones do back when you 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 do want to figure out the psychology of this and the trouble is the psychology of this is all very flimsy to begin with i don't know i bought it 100 <laughs> percent. i mean maybe not the turn at the end but I, like i was i was on board with her motivation um i the movie was long enough that i was kind of okay without like an extra scene showing us that she's like oh my god i get it now <laughs> You could have probably ch- shaved off five minutes of the tuck tuck chase, you know. Actually, uh, yeah, there you go. It yeah. wasn't just a tuck tuck chase; it was yeah. a tuck 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 chase. Yeah, there's lots. But wasn't the whole point of that was really to set up some like her character too, because she's having this conversation the whole time. Mm-hmm. It's like these people are shooting at her with this guy that she jilted clearly. So I think that's let's have some exposition about this character while we have a tuck tuck chase. So that's yeah. true, but it it. It was long because I still wasn't enough. I enjoy Phoebe Waller-Bridge. She's great. The character does a lot of interesting things. I just feel like there's some inconsistency there that I wish that had. Actually, I would have been fine if she helps Indiana all along, but she's all also picking up stuff to sell (laughs) along the way. I would have been fine with that too, right? Where she's she she's like, oh. Uh, a Roman uh, helmet. I'm just going to take this, right? Like <laughs> I wish she could, she, that would have worked for me too. But, um, but no, she, she sort of gets with the program and decides to help. Um, we end up, uh, next we end up in the caves. They go to, they go to Sicily. They go to the caves. Oh no, no. Next we go to the boat. We go to the boat. We meet Antonio Banderas. He is a friend of Indiana Jones, who's a diver, and he's going to help them dive down and get the other part of the the uh, the the goober of the of the MacGuffin. <laughs> and uh, fun to see him. I did that. I sort of squinted and turned my eyes, and I was like, "Is that? It is Antonio Banderas." Like, this took so five I. shots. Yeah. yeah. Did we know he was going to be in this? Because I, I was like, I "Oh my didn't. gosh, this is so fun!" And he's like a diver who's spent his entire life baking out in the sun, and and now mm-hmm. he's going to help out. And um, and there's a there's a you know they go down to the to, to the floor to to get it, and there's a, some action stuff in the in the the crashed boat. And I thought this was um this was a more exciting uh, bit of action, and there was a mm-hmm. lot of peril there. Um. Uh, in the end, the crew on the boat gets gets killed by the Nazis, and um, 
and it leads to what I actually, it's one of my favorite moments in the whole movie. I alluded to this earlier where they are, they are leaving and cause they figured out to go to, um, Sicily and, um, she makes a crack. I forget exactly what it is, but she makes some sort of a crack about how they're off to do this and how great this is that they're on to the next phase of their adventure. And Indiana Jones says to her, a man I've known for decades was just murdered and you're making <laughs> jokes. And I love that moment so much because it it is, it's a, it's an action movie stopping to say that it, people die and it's bad, right? People mm-hmm. dying is awful. Thing. You, you shouldn't just sweep away to the next adventure, which they then do. Right. But it's just, I love that moment. I love that that got in the script and that it stayed in the movie because it's just, she's, like the audience she's like off to the next one and he's like but antonio banderas died yeah (laughs) show some respect i think that's really a nice it's also again a nice nod to the aging because to her like you know she's young she knows a lot of people there's a lot of people in her life that a lot of acquaintances and you know she's moving through life fast and the water is slipping through her hands where indiana jones he's old he doesn't have a lot of those people left in right. his life so when you lose one it has much a much greater impact on you than when you're younger and like, oh, that's a shame, you know, but I have 47 other diver friends that I can, you know, (laughs) not that, you know, not that he's like thinking like that, but, (laughs) you know, it's, it doesn't have the same, it doesn't always have the same weight to somebody young who has a much more cavalier attitude about life. Uh, Yeah. And it, it leads into that, that nice scene where, you know, he talks about Mary and about leaving and then, you know, the very subtle revelation that Mutt, Shia LaBeouf, everybody's favorite from Crystal mm-hmm. Skull, ended up dying in Vietnam. I love how subtly they did that because he didn't, you know, he didn't go through the whole story about how he died and how he signed up. He just, he just says, I would have told my son not to sign up for the Vietnam War or for the war. I don't even yeah. think they mentioned Vietnam. No, just the war. And, and it's just, and it's just left as that. I love how... And he you feels know, that he did it to spite him, right? That it yeah. was like an act of mm-hmm. rebellion, which sounds yeah. like mud to do that. Mm-hmm. And, and, and with it, you know, Shia LaBeouf's like most emotional contribution to the whole Indiana Jones saga <laughs> is done off screen by dying in Vietnam. It was actually an affecting scene. Yeah. Um, I'm, I, another reason I'm glad I watched Crystal Skull, because if I didn't watch that, I'd still have 2008 me still thinking that I hated Shia LaBeouf in that scene. And I says, oh, good, he's dead in Vietnam. But then I watch it again. It says, oh, I feel, feel, bad. I feel he's, bad he's for fine. him now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's actually yeah. an okay performance. It is actually. Yeah, uh-huh. it really was. Yep. Yeah. Um, and it provides that. that context for why there are problems between yes. Marion and Indy. And it, you're like, okay, okay, I, I, I'm starting to feel this now. All I'm right. coming along for the Annette, ride emotionally on the romance. And that stopped I'm swearing okay. in the seats. And she's op- she's a little more open-minded <laughs> now. Mm-hmm. I did. Yeah. Um, so then that leads to the shenanigans in the caves where we've got, um, there's a whole little chase in caves. And there's like... Uh, it, it, it once again, as is classic in Indiana Jones movies, there's things built 2,000 years ago that are like clockwork to this day. Mm-hmm. You press a thing, a thing drops, uh, <laughs> you know, go down a thing. It's full of dirt and water, but it's okay. It works perfectly 2,000 years later. I love it. Yep. Um, and they mm-hmm. end up, uh, there's a, they, they, they handcuff a guy uh underwater and he dies uh that's that was kind of gruesome um short round killed a guy he yeah. did he sure <laughs> did new short yep. round killed a guy yeah <laughs> yep. drowned a guy but they also kill abandoned him, him. To be fair. yeah true yeah yep. they're just like ah oh, teddy will be fine 
Don't yeah. worry about him. And they go off. Well, is she wrong? <laughs> I feel like that that's the, that's the not, story there. He's is not that, wrong. Is that he so. is going to be fine. He's small. He fits through small spaces. It'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Um, and they find Archimedes' uh, <laughs> burial chamber. Um, and this is the moment where the movie get, starts to get weird in a, I think, delightful and bizarre way, which is, hey, this this artwork has propellers and Archimedes' skeleton is wearing a wristwatch. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, what is happening? And of course, yes, that is the time travel light flashing right there, which is like, well, wait a second. What's going mm-hmm. on here? Because this plan is, of course, Volmer's plan, the, our Nazi friend, Matt Mickelson, is to use the, the, the dial to find out when a next t- uh, time portal, not to create a time portal, just find out when the next time portal opens, because apparently they just open all the time, mm-hmm. or at least some of the time. Uh, and they're going to go back to 1939 and his plan i love this another nice twist his plan is not to save you know hitler and make sure hitler wins the war he he believes that hitler did a bad job and that if he replaces hitler (laughs) he can win the war which is uh, that extra level of insanity of your villain that i kind of appreciate (laughs) which is like the problem is hitler if i if i'm hitler None of these things happen. I'm like, really? That's your plan? Okay. Okay. That's their plan is they're going to go fly through a time portal and go back to World War II and kill Hitler and take over. And then they're going to win the war. Um, And and so we've got our cave scene and it leads into the airplane where they... uh, the Jones is a captive on the plane and uh, Helena stows away in the uh, the wheel well. And... uh, And... And... Short round two, Teddy. Uh, just he just hijacks a plane that a uh, that apparently an, a, an Italian pilot is sleeping in the back and doesn't notice, yeah. and uh, teaches himself to take off. <laughs> He's been practicing because remember he yeah. had like the, that weird mm-hmm. get up in the restaurant, and I was as soon yes. as they showed a pilot telling him, "Now you got to you know ease back on this or whatever." I'm like, "Okay, this kid's gonna fly, fly something later. Yeah. At some yeah. point, at some I, point, there's gonna be a plane." I appreciated that the pilot was actually asleep in the back of the plane, so he could get up and like be helpful because yeah, I, I don't know. That. It made it a little a little bit easier for me to swallow the fact mm-hmm. that this kid was he's not just flying you know under good circumstances. Mm-hmm. It's really really windy, and there's a time portal. I mean, you don't fly through those every day. At no. least I don't think most pilots do. Even so he had help doesn't. and comic relief at the same time. It, it, it felt almost Miyazaki-like to me, where there's like an old grumpy <laughs> yeah. old man in the back of the plane who's like, ah, oh, kid, you stole my plane. Well, I'll help you fly it. And I'm like, sure, right. Why not? Oh, it's an airplane. So it's uh, fundamentally, it's Miyazaki-like. But that that made me think of a Miyazaki sort of move of like, an old man asleep in the back of the plane will help. Um, and that, and then, and then, so, so they're flying. And there's a glowy thing in the sky, and they're like, "Aha! The portal. We'll we'll go through it, and we'll 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 land in in 1939, and we'll kill Hitler." And I'm sitting there thinking, "Okay, time portal in Indiana Jones. They're really going to do it. They're really going to travel through time in Indiana Jones." I thought, you know what? I like just how wild. Again, to talked about our initial conversation. It's Indiana Jones. The wrath of God and some angels turn demons or whatever just melt <laughs> melt people like crayons and there are magic stones uh, that, that are run by Indian gods and there's a there's a magic cup that will make you immortal and there's a knight that's lived for thousands of years and there's a crystal skull that's made by aliens. Okay, now there's a time portal. Got it. But there's a moment where they're like, you know, you 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 didn't read it right, and I'm sitting there thinking, 
are we going to really go back to World War II and it's going to wrap around to the beginning of the movie? And then we pass through the time portal and discover they're in 212 BC. <laughs> and the battle he was talking about at the very beginning, yeah. the very beginning of the movie. His old part of the movie. And this is the moment where I just started laughing out loud and saying to myself, you know what? They did it. <laughs> like, like they didn't do it a little bit. They were like, you know what? We're going to go all the way. We're going to have like roman boats and and things being fired and they're going back into into the antiquity that indiana jones himself studied and i just i love that move i love that that's where they went with it i would have been disappointed if it was just world war ii and i love that this movie's like nope we're going back two thousand years baby that's what we're gonna do it's just bananas I like how when you're watching, like we are just like them are kind of like taking that moment to realize, wait a second, that's not World War II. No, <laughs> Look at those ships. What's happening? <laughs> and you're like calculating, calculating. And I'm like, of course, it's Archimedes. That's so perfect. Yep. Yeah. And, and I thought for a second that they would just, they would actually go through it and they would just land where they went and they never travel through time. Mm. I thought there was, I thought they're going to be a way to like, sort of like, like circumvent it all. And then Indy would say, you're, this is just weird. You know, history is alive at all of us or some other like, you know, nonsense <laughs> like that. And that, and that somehow he, uh, the, what's his name? Mads Mikkelsen would actually be the, the corpse in the, uh, in the tomb. I did uh, wonder about where, that. Wearing <laughs> the, the watch. Movie. Like I, the I was watch. drawing all these conclusions and then I saw some Roman boats. And yeah. I, said, okay, I guess that's it for my idea. Yeah. They they are totally going for it. And then I thought, okay, I'm in. Why not? As you said, Nazis were melted like crayons. And yeah. so this works. I, I, yeah. Time travel. Doctor Who fans don't get to complain about time travel. By the way, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. no, I just, I, I love how how bananas it is. It's like, yes, we went back and, and the, I was reminded of the line, this happens. So they, you know everybody's fine and the other plane is there so that the, the although the nazis die uh the uh, indy uh and uh, helena bail out and uh short round two teddy can he lands with the help of the of the italian pilot and uh pick him up and they all go home but before that happens they, they see archimedes he has a whole conversation about how like he you know he left it for he, like archimedes is the wisest of all of us apparently and he's like oh no they're gonna mm-hmm. come back here and that's how that works uh okay archimedes great um and indy says i want i'm just gonna stay here um, and this is that this is that thematic moment. And John, start your engines. This is that thematic <laughs> moment, which is which is Indy. Like, does he have anything to live for? And now he's back in the past. And he's like, well, this is what I've studied, and I can see it. And um, I I was reminded of that line in Raiders of the Lost Ark where Belloc says to him, "If we bury you out here, maybe in two thousand years you would be worth something." And I'm like, mm-hmm. oh my god, he's two thousand years <laughs> earlier now. We could bury him, and his bones will be worth something. <laughs> um, but uh, but Helena is like, nope, <laughs> shut up, old man. <laughs> yeah. And uh, knocks him out and takes him back to, to the present day, uh, which I, I just think is a it, it's a very interesting thing of like Indy questioning his desire to go on and to to live in the future. And he's always studied the past. So maybe he should just stay back here and nobody's going to miss him. And that's what um, Helena in this moment just rejects that. And, and she knows that that Marion's there and that she would miss him. And so uh, it's, it's, I think it's just a very interesting choice all around to have them go back there and to have him want to stay and to have her <laughs> refuse uh, to let the hero of the movie decide his own fate. I think it's all really interesting stuff. 
Yeah, I had a moment when I really thought that, like, this is it. Like, Indy's, Indy's yeah. not coming back. Same. Like, I, I, I was not firmly convinced that this was going to have a happy ending. I've thought that would have been a happy ending. <laughs> but they set it up because that's a cliche we know from movies all the time, where where the we we as the audience know this is going to be Harrison Ford's right. last time playing this role. Mm-hmm. So they're playing to that meta expectation of the audience. We've seen 101 films where the hero bows out and decides, oh, I'm leaving now and and you'll take up the mantle of the hero in, in the next movie or whatever. And I do like the fact that they completely confounded that. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. I, 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 have, I wanted to say a couple things. One was um, my wife, Marina, is a professor of ancient Greek philosophy. And she was <laughs> so delighted that they were speaking in ancient Greek um, because Aww. nobody ever speaks in ancient Greek. Uh, and she's, she's on, the, you know, on the way out. She's like talking about like, well... You know, people know this about the pronunciation, but the actual ancient Greek is tonal. And and so they didn't do the tonal bit. But And I thought, you are the audience of one that that scene yep. was written for. It, it's you and whoever um, yeah. wrote the ancient Greek that they said. It's those two people. <laughs> but but yeah, the, the, the theming here is, is funny to me because I think that ultimately this is a movie about how you have to you don't get a choice with time. You have mm-hmm. to move forward. And 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 we all have to move forward. And even after trauma, after disappointment, after tragedy, we have to move forward. And it's it's it's, you know, the the Nazis are literally trying to move backwards. And mm. I think that there's a there's actually a fairly strong political statement being made here because it is 2023 and we all know politically what's going on in this country there are people literally trying to move backwards and um you know it it, it, it's it's unfortunate that we have to have another indiana jones movie to (laughs) restate that nazis are not good people Mm. um but but here we are i but but the but the the whole the whole film is about sort of Jones wants to stay in the past and he and he can't and he's not given the choice. He comes back and he has to now live in a world where there are astronauts is mm. basically the, the way it ends. But um, but it's that's why it was funny for me that the film starts with such a heavily nostalgic uh, uh, bit of, you know, CGI trickery. that's like, hey, we can go back to the past. We can live in the past. Um, I, I, the movie sort of has it both ways, I think. I, I guess I would argue that maybe the smash cut to him being so disheveled and sad in 1969 is the movie saying, ha ha, you don't get that right. Time, time has moved on. You can't have that anymore, but they, they give it to us before they tell us we can't have it. So it's true. <laughs> it's true. Well, it, makes it, it makes it hit harder because we are, we are reminded viscerally of what it felt like to experience the past in those, those older movies. So that when it comes around, you know, again, you're like, Oh yeah. Wow. Although I will just say like, I, uh, it, you're right, Jason. She definitely, Helena definitely did have at some point, one of those, you know, come to Indiana moments where she was just like, right. I love this man. Like a, like a father. 
father. So I'm going to make sure he gets back to the place where he belongs. Because I think, it, yeah, if she was still the hardened mercenary uh, that, that she was earlier in the film, she would have just let him stay. Which, honestly... I think would have been fine. They're trying to argue, no, you're going to screw up history. There's already a wristwatch and they have pictures of an airplane. (laughs) Like maybe he did go back and live there the whole time. Like that could very well be the case. He's not necessarily going to ruin history. So the argument that him staying is a dangerous thing uh, doesn't necessarily hold a heck of a lot of water with me. He belongs in a museum. (laughs) (laughs) So yeah, I I was believing that he was going to get to stay in the past and to me that would have been a happy ending because that would have been like kind of a fun culmination of his life's journey like getting to see something that he was so excited about like that that kind of sounds great um but i also really really enjoyed the (laughs) surprise moment where she just cold talks Mm -hmm. him out of nowhere (laughs) and boom and then he just wakes up and to john's theme point like i i think that what the movie is saying there is that indiana jones wants to live back in time i'm sure somebody whether it was uh, James Mangold or it was one of the other credited screenwriters, the Butterworth brothers or David Kep, who also did Crystal Skull, by the way. <laughs> um, <laughs> somebody said, look, Indiana Jones has always been obsessed with the past. Everything he does is about the past. He's an archaeologist. He, he lectures about the past. He collects objects from the past. And this is his opportunity to go backward in a movie that thematically is about the fact that you can never go back. You, ju- you can only move forward. As John said, time marches forward and that's all you can do. So in this moment, he is saying, I don't want to go forward. I don't want to mm-hmm. live where there are astronauts and moon landings. I'm just going to go back here. And Helena basically says, no, that's not how it works. You got to come and live in the, in the present with everybody else. And you're right, Erica, like, sure. Would it have been a fine ending? Yes. But I think thematically that is what, that is what is happening here is the movie saying, sorry, Indiana Jones, you don't get to go backward. You too will, you know, grow old and die. And then if you're very lucky, some of your possessions will become uh, we'll go in a museum at some point and that's how it, how it's going to work. <laughs> mm. I do like that. Uh, I don't know if this was thematically on purpose or anything like that, but you know, we didn't get a lot of, of direct homages. I'm kind of glad actually that Spielberg didn't direct this. Cause I feel like he might've been compelled to say, Oh, it's the last one. We better throw in, you know, various visual gags to the past films and everything. Like the first time that he, that Indy flies, uh, out of New York to Tangier, they just fly there and they get there and the thing, oh, wow, they didn't do the map no thing. Map. But the mm-hmm. second time mm-hmm. is when they do the map. And it's almost like Indy is back in the Saturnal. That first flight, he's still sort of like in a different kind of world, but now he is comfortable with being Indy again. And that's when we get the little map mm-hmm. underlay to where it is. And I wonder if that was a, a thematic reflection of where Indy was thinking, you know what? Okay, I'm back in the game here for one more job. And, and therefore I, I get my little map. Yeah, the fan, <laughs> map the, montage. The fan service is is pretty limited. Um, at the end, and we've we've said it before. At the end, we do actually get to see uh, Marion. Karen Allen comes back, um, looking great. I would say, um, mm-hmm. and and she is there, and he's like, oh, I, you know, it, he's still really down, right? And Helen was like, no, uh, uh-uh, uh, you know, she, I called her first thing, and she was worried about you, and she loves you, and you know, it's this, it's it's. I like that moment of like you 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 gave up on yourself, but we didn't give up on you. It's it's a nice kind of moment. But having her there is a callback. I get it. Having Sala there, and at the end, he gets ice cream with the kids and all of that. But like Sala is a is a bit of fan service. Uh, when he departs, he sings a British Tar, which is right out of Raiders of the Lost Ark. So that's fan service. I mean, there's a little bit there. 
but it's mm-hmm. it's pretty when we compare it to so many Marvels and Star Treks and Star Warses, uh, it's actually a pretty light touch in that way. Uh, yeah. and I'm fine. I'm fine with that. But like, I I like I like how it ends with. Obviously, we get to see Marion. This is the moment where, obviously, Annette sat forward, maybe sprung up from her seat <laughs> and true. did a fist pump. A little bit. Just a little. Um, yes, definitely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, she was She was very excited. You know what, like, though? Marion showing like up clapped. <laughs> I think you weren't alone, though. I feel like there are multiple people really excited <laughs> at that moment. I mean, not just yeah. me, but other people around us in the theater. Um, it was it, There were a lot of people there. But I think... Uh, Marion showing up at the end also the way that she treats him and the you know when she says Indy are you home or are you back uh puts the lie to the way that he had described things earlier he was he was an unreliable narrator because he Mm -hmm. was saying you know Mutt died and then I wasn't able to console Marion so she drifted away from me and based on the way that she's saying hey are you back yeah it it tells me Mm -hmm. he's the one that actually Mm. couldn't handle it he's the one that sort of drifted away and I think that you know after like I said I didn't go back and watch the earlier movies but I've been listening to all of the incomparable episodes about them so you know my my memory has been (laughs) has been refreshed (laughs) and I think that uh, maybe not counting Temple uh, and certainly starting with uh, with Last Crusade all those movies are very much about the sort of emotional character development of Indiana Jones we get you know the relationship between him and his father helping to sort of you know, break down some of the walls and help him understand the world from the perspective of of his dad and not just himself. And then you get the same thing with Mutt. Like, he, you know, he's learning in, in Crystal Skull. Oh, I have a son. I need to, you know, maybe change the way I see the world. And it actually does end with, with the wedding and the sort of happy almost ending that we get. And it's really lovely. And here it's like he's been put back a little bit and needs to be set back on the the right track and I think at the end has come even further than he was at the end of of Crystal Skull so it, all in all I am much happier that that he did not get to stay in the past mm-hmm. and be you know bros with Archimedes for the rest of yeah. his life yeah. this, is, Short this life. is much better and and <laughs> right. thematically fits the entire series of Indiana Jones much better he would have bled out like in 14 <laughs> minutes if they left him in ancient Greece <laughs> probably right yeah I, I'm just glad that you know this wasn't the second movie where Harrison Ford plays a character who, you know, married uh, someone from the first film and then had a son and that son, uh, they lost him and then it drove a wedge between them and then Harrison's <laughs> Ford character died at the end. I was really scared that that's where this is going to go to. Uh, Dark. I wept wow, through the Mutt, entire Mutt, ending of Force Awakens, let me tell you, because I was a really went, tragic uh, moment Mutt for went me. back in time, it turns out, too, and he was he's angry at Indiana Jones, so he kills him. <laughs> he kills him. Oh, no. might be another way to go. Oh, just don't do don't do that to me again. So no. I was so happy for Phoebe Waller Bridge's left hook. Yeah, <laughs> streams yeah. are crossing. For sure. Yeah. Well, it's true. Well, it is. It is interesting that Harrison Ford, after all those years, is like, yeah, sure, I'll play Han Solo again. I'll play Indiana Jones again. I'm like, okay. Um, I guess you know maybe he had like a a house renovation to do or something. <laughs> a new but, plane um, to buy. Or I, something. I new, think new runway. I think Harrison Ford has. As honestly, the parallel here is with the man, the actor who is aging and looking back at his life. And I think uh, coming to terms with the fact that he will be remembered as these characters, these two iconic characters and um, and being, you know, being more OK with it than maybe he was for a period of time there. I, that's just my 
kind of read based on interviews and things like that, that I think maybe there's something there uh, as well that he was willing to, willing to go back here and, uh, and do this again. Um, so in the end, I think James Mangold did a good job. I think, you know, he's not Steven Spielberg, but I think that he is, uh, he, he brings a, a level of gravitas that maybe, maybe Steven Spielberg would have been a little bit zanier in ways mm-hmm. that are not necessary. <laughs> and I think James Mangold <laughs> did a good job. And uh, it's a fun movie. It, it's got its it's got its issues, but um, it's a you know it's a it's a it's got some themes and it's got some adventure stuff and then it's got some some scenes. I was actually thinking of Erica during the tuck tuck thing because I was thinking <laughs> I was thinking Erica or whenever there's like characters punching other characters and they keep punching each other and you're like, what are we doing here? I think of Erica because I know that Erica, <laughs> the thing that everybody likes in movies and she's like, get it over with. I just want to move yep. on with the rest of my movie. And I was thinking about that a lot, but in general, you know, again, I positive thoughts, uh, you know, I, I'm never going to pretend that this is not a movie that exists, right? Like there's a fifth Indiana Jones movie and this is it. I feel seen. And, and it was fun. Uh, how, how, what does everybody else think as we wrap it up? Nazis and sand make for the best, uh, Indiana Jones movies. <laughs> They've done three of them and they're mm. all great. Caves. I like the other two fine caves too, but like whenever they, Oh good. We're going to be like somewhere in the Mediterranean and there's sand everywhere. And the sun is that, yep, this just feels right. Indiana yeah. Jones feels right in the desert. Deb? I was, um, you know, honestly, I the little bits of fan service were perfect in this. I love the the whip and the gun scene, which is certainly a playback to Raiders. Mm-hmm. But on, uh, I was hoping for like a short round update, like justice for short round, not mm-hmm. short round mm-hmm. part two that we had here. But like, mm-hmm. um, yeah, I that was my only disappointment. Like I was hoping for just a little feel, bit more. I feel like if they made if they made that movie two years later, it absolutely would have happened. But they made yeah. this movie before um, he was in everything everywhere all at once and won an Oscar. Right. <laughs> so, I know, I know, but I know. still just a mention, a just mention would have been good. Right. That's all I want. That's all just, I was looking for. Justice but for short round. That's fair. Justice for short <laughs> yeah. round. I'm with you, Deb. And that would be Kate Capsha. Final thoughts. <laughs> I was, okay. So those, we didn't get a lot of Marion, but I think in those short interactions, I felt like they provided me with a depth of relationship, comfort, knowing each other. That was a mature relationship and mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, so they had their struggles, relationships, marriages, that happens. Now you've come together and I can be back in happy ever mm-hmm. after mm-hmm. mode. And she looks fantastic. And I love that her outfit was a little ode to the first movie. And that made me um really happy. So I left the movie theater feeling really good. Nice. Erica? I mean, I really did love it the way Sorry to end on a down note, but I just realized I didn't have a chance to mention. Uh, we talked a little bit, Annette and I, about uh, Phoebe Waller-Bridge's costumes, which were just all amazing, and I want all of them. Um, mm-hmm. But also, uh, the character Mason, played by Shonette Renee Wilson, who was the CIA agent, who was like, at oh, first yes. you're like, is she good? Is she bad? She was just awesome and i loved that character but i think the the hardest moment to watch of the movie uh for me was watching a nazi shoot a black woman mm, <laughs> yeah. i was like "Ooh, this mm-hmm. is this is really 2023 but in in all the bad ways uh <laughs> as well as all of the good ways so that was that was a little bit uh a little bit harsher than i kind of wanted in my escapism movie but mm. it was a long enough film that i guess after that happened there was still a lot of stuff There's happening so by the end i was able to see that credit that said you know phoebe waller bridge's uh outfit 
its upcycled fabrics by Stella McCartney. And I was like, wow. And it had its own like place on the screen. It was anyway, that was that was a very cool credit. <laughs> and I laughed. McCartney at the beginning of the movie, McCartney at the yeah, end. That's true. Yeah. Book ended oh, by McCartney's. That. Did anybody just like sit there and listen to that John Williams score to the very end? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It actually this ended is. on a bit of a down note too. It, I mean, it just it never like you know picked mm-hmm. up into a big finale or anything. Like just sort of like kind of faded out, kind of like Indy's that's, that's true. life itself. <laughs> I, I was expecting a big rousing fanfare of you know the the da 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 da, da, da but never got there. No, it's true. Yeah, it just yeah. quietly ended. Yeah, yeah, it is the last probably score by John Williams, and he mm-hmm. um, he. One of the things that's fun about it is that when indie, when we get to sad indie, we don't get any of the rousing themes until he's back in the saddle in mm-hmm. uh, maybe in in Africa, maybe in the Mediterranean. Like it comes mm-hmm. back, but like it's not there when we when he's sad. Like the the music gets mm-hmm. to be. John Williams said that he he made it more like his '60s scores. When mm-hmm. when they're in that mm-hmm. part, and then it becomes Indiana Jones again later. It's uh, that guy. Uh, just that yeah, guy. If only more people appreciated John Williams. Oh wait a second, <laughs> appreciate John Williams. It's fine. It's fine. Uh, John, you have any final thoughts? Um, just that this was actually the first film I saw. Me and my wife went out to a movie theater to see a movie uh, since the pandemic, uh, and it was a really good film to see after not being in a movie theater for three years. Mm-hmm. Good. That's excellent. All right. Uh, I think that brings us to the end of, we have, we've covered all available Indiana Jones films now, everybody. <laughs> and so, that wants you to now do the show. <laughs> nope. Not going to happen. Okay. So uh, <laughs> one of the members sent me a link to the show on um um youtube it's just freely available on youtube Mm. i have to say this old indie better than that old indie (laughs) it's very funny to me to watch now that you know we have proper old the guy with the ipad and the show is very (laughs) mediocre but i am still kind of enjoying it so thank you to that member uh and thanks to everybody out there for listening uh to us catch up on indiana jones movies we will we we're, we've run out so we'll be back next time with something that is not indiana jones we promise but until then thanks for listening goodbye <laughs>